morning and welcome to the Rainbow Connection on Studio U. I'm Connor Coughlin, I'm your host, and I like to think that I'm queering up queer fashion. So Would you true. like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, uh, my name is August Stroud, I'm with the History Club, and today I'll be talking about gay people and history and things. It'll be fun. You know, that's what we do all the time here, so. <laughs> this will be great then. Uh, kicking things right off with some current events, uh... Unfortunately, Kevin Stitt is Kevin Stitting. Oh, don't so, I know it? Um, recently, he signed uh, the protest. The like, if you hit your car, mm-hmm. if you hit a protester with your car, then you can most likely get off scot free. Uh, a lesser known abortion bill that'll go into effect like in November. Mm-hmm. And then Oklahoma is one of those states that's considering anti-trans legislation, which is not good. Not hot, to guys. boil all that down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oklahoma politics. Well, you know, not the best at any given time, but uh, particularly dangerous right now, no doubt. It is. But um, I follow Maury Turner. Mm-hmm. The, for, uh, for those who don't know, that's Oklahoma's first uh, non-binary and Muslim legislator. Mm-hmm. And they're amazing to follow. Like, they're always putting out graphics, always putting out content, saying, like, hey... These are the exact politicians that are giving me grief right now. <laughs> I am going to follow them right now, I think. How do you spell that? M-A-U? Yeah, M-A-U-R-E-E. Oh, got it. There we go. Following. They have like a beautiful yellow background behind mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did a story about them after they got elected, uh, since they use they, she pronouns, I like switched off in the like broadcast story that I wrote about them. Mm-hmm. And my professor was very confused <laughs> as to why I was like switching off. I was like, that's I'm just, just doing my job. That's just what gender's like. You're just kind of always mixing and matching, doing whatever is the vibe for the day. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin Stitt wouldn't understand. That would probably, you know. Back when people were talking about the things that would kill Prince Philip. Oh, no, so true. <laughs> we have a whole list of hyper-pop songs that could probably kill the ghost of Prince Philip again. Now, these wouldn't necessarily kill Kevin Stitt, but they'd, like, certainly scramble his brain into I eggs. Think, I think that we could give him an existential crisis. If we, like, sat him down and started explaining the difference between gender and sexuality, I think we could do it. Or, and then... Well, th- this would probably be way too big for him, but the difference between gender and pronouns, too. Oh, so true. Mm. Gender and expression? <laughs> you mean that a man can just wear a dress and still be a man? And still no. be cisgender or heterosexual? Oh, exactly. You I, see him? I think, like. that we could, I think we could rock his socks. We could blow his mind. <laughs> I've been told I can't swear, so <laughs> be prepared for a lot of funny little word choice. <laughs> I personally like Rock Your Socks and stuff like that. All the, like, cool so true. lingo from the 80s and 90s. They sound great. Listen, as a guy with a mullet, I love the 80s, and I love dumb little 80s lingo things. I will say you were one of the very few people I've seen that can pull off a mullet. Yes, excellent. In fact, uh, that's my cue. Get a mullet. I've convinced <laughs> 17 people, confirmed with photos, that they've all gotten mullets. You can be the cool number 18th, is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. My friend Jacob Lee had a mullet for a little bit, and oof, he was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the mullet does. You got to be careful. 
the I, I've un- also been thinking about getting one myself. Listen, I think that you should. Your hair is long enough that your mullet could be actually incredible. I'm just saying. Like Billy Ray Cyrus levels of Listen, legendary. you could, like, you could, it could be elevated. Like, your life will change exponentially with a mullet. For the better, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Just, yeah. I have, I have never had a bad day ever in my life ever since getting a mullet. <laughs> This is probably not true, but you also can't prove that it's not not true, is all I'm saying. And because you're here and saying it. That's exactly right. You are your own fact checker. So true. I am my own fact checker. And the facts are in. Mullet make you not only GNC AF, but also... (laughs) (laughs) But also very cool. Yeah, that's my pitch. I think Kevin Stitt would have the worst mullet. That's my current Didn't events. Ted Cruz try to get he one? He did. It was a nightmare. It was really bad, guys. I mean, like, more proof that he's the Zodiac killer because that was <laughs> insane behavior. Because the way he murdered that trend real fast. Oh, my gosh. We almost we almost killed the mullet revival right then and there. Like, <laughs> he had the power to end it. Luckily, he didn't. Oh, man, it was close. Speaking of Ted Cruz, uh, Joe Biden addressed the, the whole of Congress yes. after his, like, 100 days. And he, he, like, sorry, let me rephrase this mm-hmm. a little bit because I kind of I kind of wanted to say everything all at once and then instead I said nothing. <laughs> well, so, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that Joe mentioned uh, trans rights and, like, trans mm-hmm. visibility in his speech, but it seemed very performative, especially because he's doing nothing to combat no, any of these No, I completely bills. agree with that. Uh, the thing about his speech and his whole presidency so far, in my opinion, is that he says a lot of words that I like, and yet yes. I'm not seeing the actions. And it's like, okay, Joe, great. Tell us that you support trans people. I love being supported. However, at the same time, you could pass an executive order that would stop all of these really dangerous bills, like here and now, and you're not. So you can say you support us, but if your actions don't back what you're saying, then it doesn't feel like support. It feels like you want lip service and that liberals will then be like, oh, yes, Joe's doing everything he can, and he's really not. And it... Mm, it's I kind just of want slimy. Joe Biden to win so I can go back to brunch. So <laughs> I just want to go to brunch with my friends. Oh, I'm so glad we have a sane <laughs> president in the office again. I don't have to think about the news anymore. You see how that's worse, right? Yeah, like <laughs> you do understand. We, how we actively works. understand that this is bad, right? <laughs> like just coasting is just gonna like slip us further into the. Oh no the, doubt, like, because this is what they do. They get confronted with something evil and terrible. They freak out about it, but then the moment they don't have to think about it anymore, it no longer affects them. And that is a really dangerous way of thinking. Of course, in my, like, leftist echo chambers on Twitter, everyone's, so like, true. criticizing mm-hmm. Biden just, like, to no avail. Especially because, like, the migrant facilities, that mm-hmm. that's what they're calling them now instead of right. border camps, yeah. mm-hmm. are uh, overflowing still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's... He's actively put more money into the military than any other president. He's actively, the migrant camps are stepping up the amount of people that they're taking. I mean, it's everything that Trump had been doing, but we're no longer causing, we're no longer raising any flags about it. It's normal now. Listen, he's put them in humane conditions. I don't know about that, guys. Listen, do you know we have a woman TM (gasps) as vice president? Oh my God. A woman TM? (laughs) I know that society's gonna be okay. This is like that one political comic where it's like, 
we're being bombed by a woman now really oh feels God. like I'm making history. And I'm like, oh. Oh, oh that, guys. That's one of my favorite comics that makes me, like, laugh and then cry. And then at cry. The same time. Yes. Like, oh, this is bad. But it's also really, f- oh, no. It's, it's really funny. true. And yeah. like all of the all of the people are like, wow, the the speaker the, for the first time, the president's being flanked by two women and like oh my god. elbow bumping. Oh my god! And when Nancy Pelosi is like, Nancy worse. Pelosi <laughs> continues to just do the absolute most to make her the most insufferable politician out there right now. Like the speech she said after. After the conviction of George Floyd, I'm not conviction. I'm so sorry of Der- Derek Chauvin and and the death of Floyd and how she was calling him like a martyr and stuff. I'm like, a man is dead. He didn't want he, to die. That's not martyrdom. That was not the point. This is not. <laughs> this is not a good thing, guys. Like, mm. black people in general do not exist to be martyrs for civil rights. Exactly. I know that's, that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this in this society that we live in, oh my, Ugh. oh my. Lots of criticisms for our "quote unquote" liberal democracy. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good time since we've said "yeah" like six times so in the true. past of ten seconds to take a little bit of a break. All right, uh, let's do it. Be sure to stick around. Good morning, and welcome to the Rainbow Connection. I'm Connor Coughlin. I'm your host on Studio U, and I think we should bring back fade-outs for all songs, especially starting at the very beginning of every 21 Pilots song. I could not agree more. Just, like, four minutes of silence. So true. I think that that would really get the audience invested. You'd be like, you'd the anticipation would make you want to know what's going to come, when it's coming. I think it'd be good. Now, that wouldn't be better than that one composer that just, like, wrote four minutes of silence. I think that's you know genius, though. I do actually know what you're <laughs> talking about. I just can't remember the name for the life of me. <laughs> yeah, neither can I, but <sighs> it's out there somewhere. Guys, there's a guy. There's a guy. So there's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> just some dude. Get a load of this guy. That's actually the best part of history is learning that really everyone is just some dude. <laughs> <laughs> the more you realize that, the funner it gets. Speaking of just some dudes, uh, gays in history, gays in history, gays in history. Well, so my focus in history tends to be in the uh, classical period. So Rome, Greece, all that fun stuff, which a lot of gay people going on there. Yeah. All over the place all the time. Last semester, I was in ancient art of war with our buddy, Dr. Alfred. His last name escapes me in this very moment. So true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we talked, he touched like just a little bit on the Spartans and their yes. whole deal, TM. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Spartans, they're out here. They're out here. I, I'm more of a Roman person, but no, there's, there's definitely cultural things like where fraternizing between troops would be encouraged because it was believed that you would fight harder for a bro than you would just some guy you know well and you would probably fight harder to protect your bro that's like right next to you rather than your your, yeah the wife tm back home no that's exactly it it's it would be 
traumatizing and horrible to see your your best homie just just homies they said no homo before they kissed <laughs> you know it, you'd be more it'd be more traumatic to see that guy die than to get a letter that's like hey yo uh antiochus your wife's dead sorry like that's that <laughs> might still be like that really sucks but if you see your 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 best bro just like go down in front of you you're going to fight way harder with the oh, rage yeah. and the grief and the sadness. And that's why Sparta was, like, the best, you know, war. The, they were the best at war, if I'm not mistaken. They were fantastic at war. <laughs> I also took, like, a Humanities of the Ancient World mm, class last mm-hmm. semester. And we had we had a whole unit on, like, Greek and Roman poetry. And Sappho was, like, one of the only poets we talked about. Sappho is amazing. So Sappho did a specific kind of poetry, like lyric poetry, which Mm -hmm. would have had like musical accompaniment and stuff, which was a really interesting uh, period of kind of the evolution of Greek drama and poetry. But oh yeah, she, she really understood yearning at a level that is unreal. (laughs) Oh, it's good to just I would I would highly recommend reading some Sappho fragments. I think that anyone could get something out of that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think I've I've said a few times on this radio show before, but I have a Spotify playlist called Only Queers and Country Women Can Properly Yearn. Oh, this is so true. This is so <laughs> true. No, this is oh my gosh. This is why I see yearning in like media meant for straight people or with with a straight couple as the the main two and i'm just every time i'm like this would be so much more compelling if one of you was a woman or one of you was a dude because only gay people understand yearning (laughs) (laughs) at the extent that would be good in a drama this is not gatekeeping this is just facts this is actually facts as the history major i'm telling you to open a textbook you'll understand (laughs) Actually, don't open a textbook. They're all wrong. <laughs> They're terrible. Oh, no. Well, then you should write one. Oh. Maybe. Listen, that's that's a, a long-term plan. It's been in my little noggin. It's bouncing back and forth up there. Like a little DVD logo. So true. Exactly like a little DVD logo. It turns colors every time it hits a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Other remnants of queer history that I like to dive into, you know, like the Cowboys of the Wild West. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of my favorite kind of queer in jokes is that gay people love cowboys and uh, lesbians love pirates and, you know, all of the things Mm -hmm. that that entails. Yes, I would say that both cowboys and pirates are incredibly uh, underrated queer narratives. Like, I haven't taken this class personally, but I have it from a friend who's in, like, kind of a Wild West class right now, and one of the readings they did was on, like, queer cowboys and how a lot of cowboy culture is, like, deeply queer, its roots, which is something that I knew, but hearing him kind of describe the level of queer that it is is, like, it's unreal. And then I I do actually have a background in pirates, so I can speak to this personally. (laughs) Yes, pirates are gay. So... (laughs) Let me get into let me get into this, guys. Pirates, believe it or not, all pirates are gay. (laughs) So, um, pirates as are not just 
murdering, pillaging little fellas in boats running up and murdering. I, well, I said some, that. They're just some guys. They're just <laughs> some guys. I mean, they do do all of that because they're pirates. But <laughs> a lot of people who became pirates specifically became pirates because they were already an other like English society, French, uh, Spanish societies are not exactly accepting of all types of people. And the thing about a pirate ship is that for the most part, it was pretty even on board. So if you take a typical British ship, it's full of white people. It's mm-hmm. full of people who have been, uh, what's that word? Impressed. Ostracized? Or, no, there's oh. like, uh, they've been pressed on board. So they've essentially been taken from their homes and put on the ship and said, congratulations. Oh, so they're like forced to yeah. be on these ships. Yeah, that was a real thing. Uh, impressment was, I think it's called, I, I might be using the wrong word, but they were pressed on board these ships and then their pay was terrible. A captain would be getting like 24 shares per every cruise one share. And sometimes it was even more ostentatious than that. But on a pirate ship, the equality and the democracy on a pirate ship is actually fairly impressive because these are a bunch of people who are not in any official capacity kind of like there's no laws saying that they have to give their captain 24 shares to their one share. So what you would see is a lot more egalitarianism. So a pirate ship, a captain would take two shares for every cruise, one share, three shares, you know, something much more down to earth. But then beyond that, a lot of pirate ships were composed of queer people, escaped slaves, you know, people on the run from the law for some other reason. It was a big conglomeration of people who otherwise would have been, you know, arrested back in England who are just getting on a boat, going <laughs> going around, doing funny little crimes together and hanging out. So I, you are saying pirate proletariat. Oh, so true. So <laughs> true, comrade. <laughs> so true, bestie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'm going to plug my favorite TV show. Yeah, I am. So oh, if you haven't yeah. seen Black Sails, fellas, Black you Sails. gotta get in on this. Gay Pirates, <laughs> the most exquisite straight baiting I have ever seen from any piece of media in my entire life. Follow us on, uh, on Twitter at Rainbow <laughs> underscore Studio U for more uh, Black Sails and queer pirate content. Oh, let's <laughs> freaking go. Oh my gosh. I honestly, oh my, I, I, my brain is shutting down because I start thinking about black sales and I turn crazy and I'm trying, I'm trying to be Maybe. cool and sane on this <laughs> and, and like, you know, just no, I'm normal. I should have themed your, uh, I should have themed your little graphic thing around pirates instead of like the wild west. Cowboys. Listen, I love the wild west. <laughs> I love it all. I'm gay anyway, and I, trans. Yeah. I was just like, you know. Yeah, you're putting it together. You're doing cowboys. what you gotta do. I understand. Cowboys are queer. It's great. Watch Black Sails. I'm serious. <laughs> you will get straight baited yourself. Even a a sharp-eyed queer audience <laughs> will be blindsided by the actual level of like on-screen explicit gay narratives. It's not just like romance and stuff. It's like the entire plot is happening. Because one guy is gay and very mad, and <laughs> there's a girl who's slowly realizing that perhaps she is a lesbian and in love with yes. another woman. And and both of those things drive both sides of the plot, and it is 
Oh my goodness! I I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> I can't say where I'll, or it or we'll just take over this hour and it will only be black sales. But yes, yeah, as far as like historical queer content, I feel like people like had their own head cannons about Merlin and stuff, and I feel like oh, that's yes. what the only like. So sorcerer was quite literally slang for like gay people for a hot minute there. So like interesting calling Merlin a sorcerer. He's magical. I mean, you know, there is there is actual historical kind of like, hey, maybe he's a little fruity. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say and all of his depictions like from, you know, the Black Cauldron, Sword mm-hmm. of the Stone, like mm-hmm. Very, very... I'm getting vibes. I, he's he's laying something down. I'm picking it up. Is he, you know... Is he... A sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he does a lot of hand-waving movements, which implies that he's got a wrist that is perhaps a little limp, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. Could I, I'm not an expert. I mean... You gotta have a flexible wrist to like, you know, so point true. the wand so and like, stuff like that. So like, to do funny little wand tricks. I mean, I'm I'm currently doing it right here in person Uh-oh. that you can totally see on this radio broadcast. Limp, <laughs> limp wrist alert. Oh, hey, whoa, real. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, queer narratives are kind of everywhere in history if you know where to look for them. Uh, typically, you can see them where they're not said because unfortunately, we run into this thing in history called. No, they weren't actually gay. They were just bros. They're just dudes hanging out. And unless it was, like, so absurdly, blatantly gay that there's no way to get around the fact that they were gay, they will figure something out to, like, be like, no, it's, like, totally, like, straight. Like, guys, don't worry about it. Yeah, because, like, uh, it's theorized that Alexander Hamilton was, like, bi at least Mm -hmm. because of the way that he wrote his letters Mm -hmm. to both Eliza, Angelica, and, like, John Lawrence and some other people. They're all talking about how pretty his eyes were. Like, if you tell me my eyes are pretty, I'm going to date you. Mm. I might even marry you. (laughs) So So true. (laughs) No, I would agree with that. One of the uh, pretty common knee-jerk defenses to, no way he's not gay is, well, everybody in the 1700s wrote really flowery language right like that. And I'm like, yes, but there's a difference when you look at how he's writing to, say, George Washington than when you see him writing to John Lawrence and friends. I, there's, you, you just don't tell your homie that he's got beautiful eyes unless there's something a little else. I, yeah. I have actually there's read no... these letters. I yeah. don't remember the contents now because it's been, like, three years. But if you read them yourself... They're undeniably, he does come across like a fruitcake. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's good. Um, very, but very good. If we go back to the Roman times, as I'm prone to do. <laughs> listen, so ancient Rome is full of gay people. And there is a caveat, and this is a bit of a simplification, but a lot of historians are now willing to acknowledge that ancient Rome was gay, which is obvious Mm. because actually here's a little known fun fact. Uh, One of the biggest types of ancient pottery that we have that we've discovered is like erotica pottery. And it's so raunchy that you can't display it in museums. So there's just like warehouses Ah. full of just like dudes being guys hanging out, (laughs) 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 you know? But, um, uh, well, a lot. I mean, 
what's the problem with showing that kind of pottery when there are all kinds of naked people in art just everywhere? Well, it would be the level of explicitness. The thing about okay. ancient art is yeah. a lot of people are naked just because there was a genuine appreciation for the human form. And uh, you True. see this a lot. It's actually kind of fascinating. If you look at Greek statues, uh, especially Greek statues of their goddesses, most of them are incredibly clothed, with the exception of um, Artemis, who will sometimes have a shorter toga. But for the most part, they're very clothed. And mm-hmm. the men are just like, you know, just like chest Trapping. out, just, just all over the place. But... Um, if you look at, like, statues of Aphrodite, it's the opposite. It's like, at first, she's very closed, but then as the centuries go by, they still don't want to depict a goddess without any clothes on because they don't want to be, like, smoted or anything. Mm-hmm. But you slowly see those clothes becoming skin-tight, kind of latexy in appearance. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, Greek guys, I-, I see what's going on. I see what's going on. I mean, if I were that good at, like, chiseling marble, oh. I think... I, I would make whatever I wanted. So you know? true. So true. <laughs> uh, just don't have a Pygmalion moment, I would say, would be my advice. Don't fall in love with a statue. It never goes well. Oh, okay. I was I was about to... My follow-up question was going to be, who's Pygmalion? Well, now you know. <laughs> um, but I was... I did have a point here when I mentioned ancient Roman guys. So there's all sorts of... So the way they viewed sexuality in ancient Rome is really different. So it's very easy... One of the problems with looking at queer history is a lot of the words we use today did not exist. Like so true, best. They it's you can you can you can call. It's very funny to point at Mark Antony and say that guy is really bi, but <laughs> he wouldn't have considered himself bi. He would have considered himself normal. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so. So when you look at <laughs> he is normal. <laughs> Listen, this is this we quite literally have letters that are like insulting both Claudius and Hadrian and being kind of like Hadrian, you're only into dudes. It's kind of weird, bro. Or <laughs> Claudius, why are you only sleeping with women? It's really freaky. Like you guys aren't normal. <laughs> so ancient Rome is kind of a funny little place, but the way they viewed sexuality was more in terms of, like, I don't want to talk about sex on this show, but it would be kind of like, who's the top, who's the bottom, would kind of be the dichotomy. And so, where this gets funny, because I did have a point to bringing that up, is you look at someone like Julius Caesar, and you're kind of like, oh, he's like, what, like a gigachad? Like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's out here conquering all of Gaul. That's what history paints him out to be. Exactly. He painted himself out that way. You can read all of his Gallic adventures written by by himself, and (laughs) he mentions that he's hot every once in a while. A very Julius Caesar thing to do. But did you know? that there was a little uh, ancient Roman kind of uh, little s- jingle that they would sing on the campaign where they were essentially calling him the queen of a certain land because ah. in his youth, he was visiting a, uh, I think it's Bithynia? I don't know. I don't remember the Bithynia. actual place. But he went there, and the, so it so it goes, he, like, seduced the king, and apparently he was um. so good in bed that when the king died... In his will, he just gave all of his lands to Rome because Julius Caesar was just like, he was that much of a power bottom, I guess. But (laughs) (laughs) the point is that his soldiers had little songs they would sing. And Julius Caesar, like, repeatedly went in front of the Senate and was like, I did not have sex with that man. (laughs) (laughs) Which, okay, Caesar, whatever you say. 
giving off very big Bill Clinton energy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's great. There's if you read Plutarch, which I would recommend, he's actually pretty good. In his biography of Mark Antony, he he like describes many funny stories where Mark Antony is just doing dumb things because that's what Mark Antony does. Uh, a short laundry list of his shenanigans could fill a comedy sketch hour. <laughs> But one of those shenanigans was that one night, uh, so he had a boyfriend. I think his boyfriend was named Curio. And uh, Curio. It's a fun name. <clears throat> it's pretty. Roman's got pretty <laughs> good names. And his, his uh, boyfriend's parents were like, that Mark Antony, he's a terrible influence. We're not going to let you hang out with him anymore. And so Mark Antony's response to this Very was relatable. to <laughs> climb on top of Curio's roof and he was going to sneak in. Except the roof caved in and he fell through the ceiling. Oh, wow. He fell through the <laughs> ceiling. And uh, in Plutarch's review of the review of the event, he kind of essentially implied that maybe if Mark Antony hadn't hung out with Curio so much, maybe if he had gotten a better boyfriend, he wouldn't have turned out like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we all do stupid <clears throat> things for the people we love. Oh, so true. I, but then Mark Antony went on to go marry Cleopatra and all that good stuff, and it is all that's that. that's a whole other mess. That's a whole other mess. She's into morons, and he's got an OnlyFans. Wait, that's... that's... <laughs> no! <laughs> is that what that pottery is? Just, like, the ancient version of OnlyFans? Oh, I don't... Hmm, now we're getting into... I think that this could be a good apt historical... I'll have to have you back on for a future show so yeah, we can, like, for sure, discuss for sure. that mm-hmm. later on. Um, since we've been going about 20 minutes in the segment, do you want to take a little bit of a break? Let's do drink it. a little water. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We will be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Red Book Connection. <laughs> I am Connor Coughlin. I am your host. <laughs> And, and we're back. I am very bad at my job. He's fantastic at his job. He's doing wonderful over here. I'm August. I am not a hostage. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I do not need to get out of here. You should not come to the union. <laughs> definitely don't come by the radio room and unlock the door so that I can definitely not escape. What? You're having so much fun. I'm having so much fun, guys. Anyways, yes. Scene. <laughs> hey guys. That was that was a very good performance. I thought I thought so too. I think that we could definitely put on a TV show and maybe like six or seven people would tune in, but it would be like a dedicated audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't about your amount of fans; it's the people that keep coming back. So true. Constant supporters. So true. Um, yeah. As a recovering theater kid, geek, and improv kid. Well, as <laughs> an improv kid and a recovering theater kid, I did escape the geek phase. You're oh. so lucky. Listen. I relapsed into watching Glee, like, last week. It's The pandemic's been rough. You're getting a pass just this <laughs> once. <laughs> as, as an improv kid of eight years. You know, <sighs> you're all minorities. Listen. You're in Glee Club. <laughs> <laughs> Not this. Not this. We're in the Glee Club, guys. What's more oppressed than the Glee Club? <laughs> Speaking of the Glee Club, sort of. Oh, boy. Uh, Pop culture stuff. Oh, yes. Because Glee had, like, a grip on society. It had a stranglehold on the society to an extent that I cannot even begin to fathom. 
Now, do you happen to watch RuPaul's Drag Race? I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but I do see all of the memes and uh, whatever happens to be trending. All right. Well, um, if you don't know, the finale was last week, Ooh. putting the end to probably the longest season of Drag Race we've ever had. Ooh, I might check this out. Like, I really it started, might. It started January 1st. Wow. Wait, 13th. it's April. Yes. <laughs> it is the last day of April right now. <laughs> This I didn't season know that of Drag Race lasted one third. Last that long? <laughs> no, like usually they don't. Usually they're done by like episode eleven. Were or there 12. more queens on? Like what was going on? There were thirteen queens. Wow. So like it it was so it was so long because it started with you know the sixteen, no not sixteen like six lip mm-hmm. syncs for your life. Right. Just to like divide them up, and then they did an episode with the lip sync winners, then the lip sync losers. Then they reunited them all in episode four and started eliminating people. I see. However, and then that... by episode nine, there were still nine queens left. Oh, my God. So do they just repeat this format over and over again where they're doing an episode and then an episode and then together and then an episode and then an episode together? Well, um, like, they were all together after the... They were all together after, mm-hmm. like, the fourth episode. Okay. But there were some episodes where, like, nobody went home. And then the... And then by episode 12, like, we got to the top four. They did an episode just by themselves. Then there was a reunion. Then it was the finale. Like, it it was just forever. Oh, Mr. Paul, you're <laughs> milking this the same way that you frack. <laughs> RuPaul fracking the allegations. <laughs> RuPaul fracking allegations. If you don't know, that sure was a thing that happened at some point in 2019 or 2020. Which, like... Speaking of, they, they, uh, I, I saw his husband, RuPaul's husband, for mm-hmm. like the first time ever in my life because he was, he like gave out something at the, at the finale. Mm-hmm. Very wow. good looking man for both of their ages. <sighs> Not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a show that I've been meaning to check out for, like, six years now. But I got this funny little thing called ADHD, which makes me put uh. off all of my plans all of the time. So it's just been, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it, guys. Mm-hmm. Better watch out when I finally get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, like, once once you hyperfix it on something, it, oh, it's man. over. Oh, it's over. <laughs> I Oh, no. Oh, no. I've been in the middle of that for months, but I'm not getting into that here. i got to stay sane. I, I'm normal, guys. I'm normal. Yeah, um, I relate a little too heavily to that tweet that says, um, either ADHD memes need to stop being so relatable, or <laughs> I need to see a doctor. And since yeah. I relate to that, um, I need to see a doctor. <laughs> my take on the ADHD memes and self-diagnosis is, normal people simply don't look at those memes and think that's them. Like, if you're genuinely, like, looking at ADHD memes and being like, this is concerningly relatable i would say yes you should probably get yourself checked out and if you can't do that look up some of the coping strategies anyway because no normal person puts this much brain energy into like thinking that they might have something that's just not what they do you always fool yourself into thinking that everybody does so true so true imposter syndrome is real (laughs) it's scary and it's dangerous now i used to not see the validity in Mm self-diagnosis until like at first i was like well uh, i had tumblr brain rot as well i yeah it's but then i saw a video on twitter where this one therapist was like hey do you suffer from 
lists eight things that I do daily. Oh, no. And then she says, you might have high-functioning anxiety. And I was like, that explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, this is obviously not about specifically queer history or anything. <laughs> We're just kind of riffing now. But, yeah, well, I was I like... Mean, it kind of is. A little bit. Because a lot of queer people have, like, ADHD, yeah. autism. This is so true, though. We're all too sexy. Like, God had to nerf us. <laughs> <laughs> we, yes. we just he was like y'all they can't be this cool we gotta we gotta do something about this no but Whoosh, i was like you're obsessed with glee <laughs> <laughs> i cast spell of glee on you <laughs> no no but i was like the adhd memes i was like oh, mom and dad get me in to get tested and they were like yeah okay okay we'll, we'll go do that so we did actually get around to that and then the results came back, and the person who was doing the testing was like, well, you definitely have ADHD. But that was, like, where she started. She didn't oh. She didn't get through the rest of my chart and finally say, yes, you have ADHD. She was like, all right, so right off the bat, you definitely have ADHD. There's a lot of anxiety going around here, and you're absolutely bipolar. And I was like, oh, man, I just got a whole concoction of mental illnesses wow. in my head. <laughs> That's this a is... very strong, like... A uh, bar drink that you've just like. Oh my gosh! Made and I was like, <laughs> so true. Just a little, mm, just mixing it up. I'm like the Powerpuff Girls dad, but I like just make an insane mixture and I drink it. It's like a protein shake. It's delicious and it makes my bones so strong. And it forges your personality. You oh, know? so true though. You can't help being sexy when you're like this cool, and you learn too much about gay people and gender and stuff. Learn about gender, guys. And then you info dump on everybody else. So true. <laughs> if I'm not info dumping black sales or other miscellaneous properties, which will go unnamed for the time being, <laughs> then it's not me. Oh, no. But it's like, um, I'm just thinking about gender now. So I'm just going to start saying words. <laughs> ADHD. I just like many thoughts. I'm just grabbing them as they come and go. Yeah. No, I, I saw a post recently, and it was kind of like I think everyone should think about their own gender identity and how they express gender. And then if you come out of that cis, then you're still cis, but you're doing it with intention as opposed to yeah. being told that you're cis. And I was like, yeah, that's actually like a really like that's because a really healthy way to look at it. Because doing it without introspection could be a trauma response. Yes, exactly. And it's like gender is such an integral part of how a person lives. It's like for something that is so identity shaping to just accept it without really thinking about it is kind of strange. Yeah. It's a little strange. Maybe if everyone was on our wavelength in this cool. <laughs> I know. Um, especially because, like, within queer spaces, like, the good queers, not, like, the mm -hmm. cishet white oh gays. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, you can... Wait, did Those I guys. Okay, I meant cis white gays. I didn't mean to say cis het white gays because that's, like, contradicting. It's quite telling, though. But they behave... Yeah, they behave... They behave so uniquely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to not claim them, but I'm also kind of, like... I don't think I'd trust you guys to respect my pronouns if we were stuck on an elevator together. Like, Yeah, no. They're the type of people that just, like, they they say they're inclusive, but then they'll, like, immediately assume someone's gender or mm -hmm, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, It's not a very little cool. sus. It's a little sus. Stop. <laughs> no, I don't know, guys. 
Maybe um, I was the imposter the whole time. But yeah, going back to introspection, I was yes. just laying in bed one night, kind of having a little a mini pronoun crisis because I was like, "Who has?" I'm not because like I'm not I'm not a full. I don't feel like a man. Mm-hmm. I have because like society's definition of a man is that you don't have long hair, you don't dress super fruity, you don't have immaculately painted, perfect, gorgeous, amazing nails. And he does have immaculately gorgeous, <laughs> amazingly painted nails. <laughs> Thank you. That comment was so unexpected. <laughs> oh, this is so shocking. No, but, but yeah, that's yeah. why I'm, I'm I, like he they for now. Mm-hmm. But maybe once neo pronouns get more accepted, I'll be like, yeah, I'll be a z zim zir, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> yeah, I oh, gender's been a a wild ride. So me and all my friends trans our gender during quarantine because <laughs> it's like. You sit in a room with nothing but yourself for a few months. You start having some ideas. <laughs> I don't have to present for anyone but me now. No, but it there that is like a it's really weird because I identify as a trans man. I identify more with masculinity, but I don't want to be perceived as like a cis man ever. I don't that's not ever been in the cards. It's yeah. I saw one of my friends identified as a non-binary man, and I was like, that's it. That, like... Yeah. Th- I get that. That makes like, sense in my head. male adjacent. Male adjacent. I want to be a man in the same sense that, like, a guy traveling down the old roads, and he's got, like, an axe in his hand, and he's, like, <laughs> he's going to stop by your farm, and he's going to fix your shed, and then he's going to leave, and... And he'll just be like a whisper on the wind. You know, that's the kind of man I want to be. Or or like a cool 80s guy, you know? Yeah. Look at any image of Rob Lowe from the 80s, and there's a chance that I'm trying to look exactly like that. <laughs> I mean, who could say? I want to be a man in the same way that, like, Yoshi is a man. Yes. Like, it makes no sense that he's a man and uses he, him pronouns. Oh, he's Yoshi. <laughs> he's Yoshi, guys. I want to be a man the same way Waluigi is a man. You know what I'm saying? I look at why Waluigi. Are, why, why are both Wario and Waluigi's colors just like the non-binary flag? You know what? The X-Files theme. Play it. I think you might have just cracked something. Non-binary Waluigi. Non-binary Wario. I well, wanna, because like, Mario, because Mario and Luigi have also have their sexualities on the so flag, which is Italian. True. So true. You know what? Good for them. I respect all <laughs> genders. I respect all of them. I'm working on this. Okay, first of all, follow us at Rainbow underscore, underscore Studio U on Twitter, where I work through making this a safe place for Italians. <laughs> it's really hard for me to accept an identity like that. But you're, I mean, I guess if people want to identify as Italian, then it that's takes a lot of spiritual healing to get there, but you'll get there eventually. <laughs> we all I cannot. <laughs> we'll all get there one day. Oh yeah, gender is just. There's a lot of memes out there in trans spaces, which any cool guy r- listening to this radio broadcast may have come across, where it's like wrangling your sexuality, and the book is like ten pages. Figuring out gender is like 60 pages because sexuality is also kind of hard to figure out. Yeah. But once you figure it out, you are you feel pretty good. And then all of a sudden gender unlocks. It's like the next level and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. 
terms names. Oh, no, I'm not ready for this level. I want to go back. I want to <laughs> go back. That's a great question. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> oh, it's 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 quite wild, guys. Yeah. Um. There are times, because like I'm very sure in my sexuality, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not sure if I want to like apply a label to my gender. I just kind of want to be. You know you what? Know, that person. That's so true. <laughs> I, there were there were years. There there were entire like there's been an entire period of my life where it's like gender I was like we're all just apes, man. Who even needs it? And kind of like I just want to be an amorphous blob floating around in the universe. Like do not perceive me as any kind of gender. Especially in my women and genders studies course. Oh, I'm in yeah. the intro level this semester mm-hmm. and we're just writing about how the patriarchy sucks and how yeah. it just like made gender roles for everybody. It's 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 so wild, and it just fre- frequently is just gender is a stressful topic. <laughs> and like a lot of indigenous cultures didn't have the gender binary. Like there right. were all of this is Western uh, Western gender ideals rearing their ugly heads because <sighs> that's just what colonization does. Another reason to watch black sales. <laughs> Watch a bunch of minorities uh, beat the the, sna- the ever living daylights. The ever living daylights out of England. I mean, the whole plot is just they shame us for existing, and so it's the morally just and correct thing to do to burn down the system that would oppress us, which and is that's a fantastic system spelled C I S hyphen T E M. Oh, yes. By the way, that's exactly right. Cis people, you better start running. <laughs> you better run. I'm coming. Yeah, Iris Sport. I sorry, Iris. <laughs> Sports? Hey, is he? You know, football throwing motion straight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, but I was gonna say I respect cis rights. Cis rights to shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, this no. isn't really a safe place for cis people either. No, yeah, we love cis people here, guys. Don't worry. I love all of my friends. The normal ones, the cis ones, the, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> everyone can hang out here. I'm a, I'm a totally open, welcoming kind of guy. Okay, I will say um, just a little bit of, like, niche stuff because there are a lot of different once – you, once you, like, really dive in to, like, the just the vast – umbrella space of queer terms you kind of start discovering people that like really don't fit into a category because yes. i follow this one person who i who is intersex and identifies as cisgender because they have a very feminine voice they have like a big full beard mm-hmm. and so they're just like i am cisgender i am intersex but i'm like excluded from feminist spaces because they don't think i'm cis yeah and sometimes they're excluded from queer spaces because like they see cis as some sort of like bad thing when in reality it's them like com- claiming they're assigned gender at birth which is the definition of cis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is one of the reasons that I really like the word queer which yes. has it's it's been an argument recently because oh it just it's always something. It's because well, the it kids was, are too sensitive. It was a slur for a while and I was like guys the slur that I was getting called on the playground was gay. Everything uh, yeah. was gay in, like, elementary school. Does, does no one remember when all the little boys would be like, huh, you're picking a flower that's gay? You know, yeah. like, that's the one that I heard is an insult. And so I'm sure that some people heard queer as an insult. However, I also think that there's, like, 50, 70 years of, like, queer activism that has been proving that that word is is ours. But yeah. the reason I bring this up is because it is specifically a nebulous term. 
it doesn't have anything specific about it. So by identifying as queer, that can be a gender thing. That can be a sexuality thing. It's yeah. just, it's a really unifying word. And the reason it's useful is because there are people like that you just mentioned that don't fit specifically into any good categories. And so when I trans my gender, before I was doing that, I was identifying as a lesbian. And so it took a hot minute for me to realize that I'm a straight white man now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> All these people that I've been making fun of for years, I, I am them. <laughs> and it's like, I'm still trying to figure out the sexuality portion. It's like a constant game of hacky sack. I'm like, alright, I've got my sexuality down. No, no, I've got my gender down. No, no, my sexuality's a mess again. <laughs> but the point is that by becoming the straight white man i am not a straight white man in the sense of straight white man so i don't i can't walk into those spaces i don't pass well enough for that i'm sure my voice sounds very feminine right now it's fine (laughs) but it's It's like whatever yeah i can't pass in those spaces yet there's also queer spaces that are kind of like you're a straight white man and i'm like well that's technically true i'm not like a regular straight I'm not, man i'm, I'm a not cool straight yeah man. i'm like i'm hip with the kids guys i'm a cool <laughs> guy but there's other sexualities like that too like oh man growing up on tumblr was really bad for everyone's headspace yes. i'm sure but there's there was like the great ace debacle like do you believe asexuality exists oh obviously God. it exists but there's like all of these people who are like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't count, you guys don't belong here, blah, blah, blah. And then the same thing ha- happened with pansexuality, and then are bisexuals like bi? transphobic? And I'm like, no, they're two different identities, and they're very similar, but th- th- it means something to some people. Just stay in your lane. <laughs> like, Every time someone says bi people are just pan people, ugh. an elder gay dies. And it's, it's like, y'all, I'm begging you to open a single queer history textbook. I'm begging you. And it's like, on Twitter, it's really nasty right now. I, yes. I think Twitter's always kind of nasty, but not my Twitter. My Twitter's a really fun place for all the cool guys hang out. <laughs> <laughs> At MacMonkeyNoe. Anyways, so over there, it's kind of nasty right now in that you're seeing a lot of young queer kids who are like I don't want someone who's like 30 preaching to me like they think they're old like and I'm like well there's a reason that 30 year olds are the oldest gay people you're interacting with right now there's a really big overarching reason I know that U.S. history (laughs) (laughs) I know that U.S. history is really bad but there's this really fun thing called Google. Yeah. Where you can just kind of look in, up you things for yourself. You can just check AIDS <laughs> crisis and then Reagan. And you'll yes. start getting a lot of facts and, and then, information. then you'll understand why Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan... Are burning in hell. Yes. Well, <laughs> I was going to say became the first and second gender neutral bathrooms. So true. <laughs> One of these days. And then Rush Limbaugh became the third. Oh, Rush Limbaugh. May he rest in hell. Yeah, King, get down there. <laughs> oh, Lil Nas X is going to kill him again. <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of, that was awesome. Yes. Um, literally right after the music video dropped, me and my guest, who is a queer person, mm-hmm. like just identifies as queer, which I think is awesome. Excellent. We just talked about that for like... An hour straight. So true. Sorry, an hour gay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> None of this in here. <laughs> no, so true, though. Oh, my God. 
well, I'm not, mm, I'm not going to retread ground or anything, but <laughs> it's coming up again. That tells you something, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's still number one. I, it is, and it better stay up there. Let's surpass Especially Old Town Road, like, guys. This is how Lil Nas X can still win. Well, we can dissect a little bit this topic, because, like, a lot of people, I think, like, the week after it came out, were like, hey, it's not show. the song's not showing up on Apple Music, mm-hmm. and sometimes, like, Spotify would just skip over it, so... That was a little bit of a problem that I think got resolved. Yeah, it did get resolved, but it was a hot, a hot, uh, a little bit of an issue for a hot minute there. But uh, yeah, it's watching the reactions come out on that song were so fascinating. Like, I want to study Christians who hated it in a lab. I'm gonna study you under my microscope. You can't tell gay people for generations that they're going to hell. And, and then not expect them to eventually reach the conclusion that well, might as well have sex with the devil while I'm down there. <laughs> like, if I'm hanging out anyway. all of the gays are down there. Exactly. Then is it really so bad? Speaking of hell and gay people. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little known fact, I don't just study pirates and the Roman Empire. I'm also a big fan of the Renaissance. And, oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> If it's in Italy, there's there's a hot chance that I'm a really big fan. Uh, the point is that Dante, he uh, accidentally showed his colors as a cishet man, and that his circle of hell for gay people was like a big old desert down there, and occasionally it rains fire, but otherwise it's just a bunch of gay people running around. And I was like, that's ideal. You're telling me that I can go to a world where there are no cishet people and I'm just hanging out with gay people, and the only caveat is that every once in a while it rains fire? Like, not I, even all the time? Just, like, some of the time? That, that sounds like just one long beach party. That's literally <laughs> ideal. Like, I'll, I, I've gotten a sunburn before. Like, how bad can a rain of fire be? <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds great. Let's go. But I, I, in my head, it was, like, really empowering for some strange reason as I was reading this. And I have uh, yeah. another caveat. I've read Dante's Inferno eight times. Don't ask me oh. how this has happened. I couldn't tell you. I read the plot summary once. <laughs> <laughs> now you better get on this. No. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would recommend Dante. I mean, he's funnier. Are you a Dante enjoyer? <laughs> yeah, I, he's funnier when you have, like, a background in Renaissance politics. Because basically what you need to understand about Dante is that he's actually the pettiest MF alive. I mean, he's dead now, but yeah. when he was alive, he got kicked out of his city, and then he was like, I'll show you. And then he starts writing his funny little thoughts, and he writes all of his political enemies, like, in hell, like, swimming in poop and stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's genuinely, it's amazing. He, like, there's certain scandals that he would reference that anyone in the Florentine Renaissance would have been like, oh my god, he's mentioning them. It would have been like, t- the, today's, a, a contemporary account might be like, the Kardashians are rolling around in poo and they're covered in vomit and this is yeah. somehow indicative of the gluttonous kind of wealth and sh- nastiness that they had in life. And it's like, oh, that's so spicy, Dante. Girl bosses everywhere are quivering in their oh, boots. so true. All right, I do have to ask, are you a gaslight gatekeep girl boss or a manipulative mansplain male wife? This, I have not heard the second one before. You haven't heard the second one? No. <gasps> I've only heard... I'm obviously Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. Okay, so like, true. all day, every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, could you break down the second one a uh, little bit? <laughs> yeah. Manipulative, mansplain, male wife. It's a... Uh, male it's, wife? Like, yes. Oh. Hmm. 
Hmm. I think wife is a genderless term. Anyone yeah. can be a wife if they really want to. True. It's like that. I want to be a trophy wife. Oh my god, so true. That would be a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Just show up and be hot. Hell yeah, I can do that. Uh, heck yes, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't swear on this show, who me? Oh my, you said hell like five billion times. Yes, but within a specific literary context. Hell is a place, not hell a swear. Hell is a place. <laughs> Satan is hanging out down there. I have it on good authority. But, yeah. yeah. Um, you want to take a little bit of a break? Yeah, let's do it. Because I have a little bit more coffee to drink. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. We still have a little bit more time left in this radio show, so stick around. Hello, and welcome back to The Rainbow Connection on Studio U. I'm Connor Coughlin. I'm your host, and... We're back. We're back. And we're back like we never left. Another sprint, another step, another day, another breath. Take it away. Go. Uh, Go. You got this. Come on. Chasing dreams, but I never slept. There we go. Did it. Anyways. um, Unfortunately, I didn't come up with that on the spot. That is (laughs) Macklemore's glorious. Whatever happened to Macklemore? He, like, why does he he mackle no more? (laughs) (laughs) He did go thrift shopping. So, in that music video, he wears this really ugly, like, shag jacket. Just ugly as sin. It's not ugly, it's camp. It's camp. Is, it's so camp. <laughs> it's Target two years ago. They had jackets just like that on clearance. And I was like, I have to own this. I have to become Macklemore. And so I just, I just went around and I was just buying it. But it's a genuine question. What happened to Macklemore? He was releasing bangers and then suddenly he disappeared. I I think he's in the same I think he's on the same deserted island as Katy Perry. Okay. She hasn't been putting out stuff either. Yeah, I wherever that island is, we need to find it. This is like uh, Lord's probably there too. Oh my god, Lord freaking Oh Rihanna <laughs> Oh, this is just like lost. <laughs> That's the Socratic seminar I wanna see. I wanna I wanna put Rihanna in a room with Lord Macklemore, Katy Perry, and let's throw in a a zinger let's throw weird al yankovic in there as well just i would love to see what they talk about i think it'd be interesting because weird al also hasn't put out anything yeah except for like i remember last year i think in like april he just tweeted out no i will not perform my corona (laughs) (laughs) weird al voice come on guys get better taste than this (laughs) oh but it's like we had a whole year where no one was doing anything, and I recognized that no one was really in a good headspace, but all the weird artists that I didn't think would release something dropped something. But then... Are you calling Taylor Swift weird? Yes, I am. <laughs> ma'am? I'm just kidding. Ma'am, I love Reputation, but... <laughs> there's, some, there's something going on in your brain chemistry, and I'd love to know more. because... <laughs> well, um, I'm glad that we bullied Dua Lipa into being a performer because so Future true. Nostalgia is like probably one of the best pop albums. No, of it really is. Our time. Yeah, <laughs> it's genuinely incredible. I I just I find it like artists that are like 
really incredible but somehow still swing under the radar like Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion album yes is amazing yes it's amazing it's like genuinely one of the pop albums of all time because at first you're like oh hey this is the call me maybe girl Mm -hmm. and then your entire perspective of life has changed it's just changed irrevocably (laughs) I really 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 like you what does this have to do with gay people you ask uh I'm gay and I like it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there you go That's it's gay <laughs> and it slaps mm-hmm. here's how I can tie it back to history something something pop something 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 Britney Spears invented music something. so true <laughs> music just didn't exist before her we were just like doing panpipe solos we we didn't have anything until Britney Spears oh well here's how gay people are notorious for <laughs> Liking songs that are objectively horrible. Oh, we love bad songs. I I don't want to go into detail how much I love London Bridge by Fergie. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's a terrible song. But at the (laughs) same time, there's something in the brain chemistry that's just like, I love this. How come every time you come around my London? (laughs) Let's go. Like, she can't sing. But no, but she's giving it her best <laughs> shot. It's a brain worm. It is. I would be like, so I've been listening to way more 100 Gex than maybe any person <sighs> should. Some of their songs are without a doubt going to be at the top of my Spotify wrapped this year. So, you know, take my mental health at what it is. But when my friend introduced me to them, I listened to Money Machine and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I don't get this. This sounds really bad. Like, this sounds like those joke songs that people post on YouTube as like a meme. With like the accordion over the trap yeah, music. Yeah, exactly. And like, hey, listen to my mixtape. And, and it so sucks. I put them down for a week. Then I came back and I listened again and I was like, nope, it's still as bad as I remember. Slippery slope. And then my friend said, the reason they do that funny voice was like a gender thing really yeah like why even try to do like like if you don't like your voice just pitch it up right and this is just what gender sounds like and i was like oh i have to listen to them again and then suddenly i got it (laughs) and and i've been listening to them on repeat for months this is a cry for help no but it's like if i turn that on in the car the gay people are going to go wild, but if I just turn that on the car with, like, my brother or something, he's going to be like, what? What is this? And I'm like, I don't know. Some of my daily mixes I definitely reserve for whenever I drive my straight roommates anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because, no doubt. Like, I, I'm pretty sure if they heard Vroom Vroom by Charlie XCX. They won't get it. They, they won't get not. it, and I don't want to hear their opinions on it. They would be, they'd be like, what, what the heck? What are you listening to? Yeah. What is, what is this? Because they already they already kind of trash me for like only listening to like Beyonce, Megan Thee Stallion. And you're Britney already Spears. correct for that. I mean, it's real hot girl stuff. Real is listen, <laughs> hot girl summer is coming again. We've I've been having hot boy stimmy check spring is what I've been having. Oh. Yeah, I uh I just started buying all sorts of stuff on the internet. <laughs> gay things for gay people. And like hot girl summer, like it isn't it isn't gender exclusive. No. Like, anyone can have a, a hot girl summer. Anyone can have a hot girl summer. And you should. What was that joke going around? It was gonna be like white boy summer or something. Oh. <laughs> They've already lost their strongest Man. soldier. Prince Philip is no. dead. <laughs> 
I think it's the second or third Prince Philip joke we've made in the time oh, today. Oh, my God. Which well, tells you how much gay people love him. I mean, he was a gay icon. He so was. Because of how immaculate he looked, even yeah. in his 90s. <laughs> and totally not withering away. Oh, gay as hell to die at 99. That's like a limp wrist number. I can't explain that. <laughs> but I'm telling because you that it is. Because by then you have no muscles to hold up your so wrist. So true. All old people are actually gay. Expand on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is the way. Um, if we're going, if we're going to talk about like music and queer right. music in general, we have to bring up like how classic rock and like old country was like very gay, very liberal, oh, very... So true before the straits like found it and kind of colonized it a little bit now believe it or not i uh <laughs> i actually did a, a term project on gay music at least in the 80s uh last term so this is all still very fresh in my head and essentially the conclusion i came to was look at 80s bands look at 80s fashion mm-hmm. look at everything about the 80s there's so much gender silliness going on it's like it's it's wonderful to look at you've got massive shoulder pads on women to accentuate the shoulders you've got look at look at any image of motley Crue. just do it (laughs) 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 like what is going on there the makeup and the hair and the slutty little crop tops everyone is like, wearing this stuff that was the age of kiss madonna oh, Cher, oh yeah Diana and Ross. it gets better it's like the gayest so the way i've got this timeline structure in my head is that you've got the 70s which has bowie paving all the way all the roads like bowie is a, an actual Make like rest in peace it all comes back to bowie i mean like that seriously like doing the research so i i, I listened to so many interviews i read so many books and so many of these bands are like Oh, yeah, I just really loved David Bowie as a youth, and I just kind of was like, what if we do something like that? And I was like, wow. But The blueprint. It's the blueprint. <laughs> and if you look at Bowie, in a lot of his songs, he's doing things that are explicitly calling back to queer culture. So mm-hmm. one of his songs, I can't remember the name of it right now. It's killing me. But in a song, they uh, it starts very normal, where he's just singing on a microphone. But then about 30 seconds in... He walks in in drag as well, like a different shot of him walking in in drag. And then he does a thing that they would do in German drag clubs where he drags the palm of his hand across his face and smears the lipstick, which is Ah. a direct call to, like, the queer German movement that was going on in the 30s. Like, it was a direct call to that. There's no way to get around exactly what he was doing. And Interesting. the fact that he's so influenced by queer culture and was queer himself, he was bi. I, all of his interviews where people are like, yes. well, are you really bi? And he was like, yes, next <laughs> question. I'm like, so true, King. But you, you see him doing all of these really cool things. And the fact that so many people were taking direct inspiration from him while he was taking direct inspiration from queer stuff, it's a circle. Everything yeah. is gay. <laughs> Believe it or not, all 80s music is gay. I just expanded on that. <laughs> but um, you look at, like, Judas Priest. Judas Priest rock oh. band. Metal. Singing about breaking the law. How much he likes things that are leather. It's like, this is kind of gay music. And then he came out as gay. And it was like, well, I'm yeah. not surprised. But you you talk to, all like... All of the signals are there. All the signals are there. But you talk to any cis guy who was like, oh, man, I remember when Judas Priest came out as gay. I was so shocked. And I was like, 
were you? <laughs> well, because they also can't really read into the subtext of songs. Mm-hmm. Take Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, for instance. Yeah. They just hear Born in the USA, and they're like, aha, I am that. That's Therefore, me. that is the only thing the song is about. It's definitely not <laughs> critiquing anything. <laughs> oh, but it's so like that. And my favorite thing is, like, so I'm a new wave person. I Oh, that's my drug of choice. Mm. I'll just listen to, like... Depeche Mode, New Order, The Cure, Devo, all the homies, you know, they're singing, oh, Duran Duran, all of these guys, if you actually look up a picture of these bands, like in the early 80s, from about 80 to 83, all these New Wave bands, when New Wave was at its best, they're all playing with gender, all of them. They've got mm-hmm. eyeliner, makeup, kind of feminine dress in some senses. And then you see that in women as well. Annie Lennox of, I think she was the Human League. I might be wrong. Don't don't quote me on that. I don't have anything open right now. She went to the 1984 Grammys dressed as Elvis Presley, like with sideburns and stuff. And it was like a big deal. And it's like, they were just having a lot of fun with gender. And... Then in 84, you have, like, the big guitars back on the scene. We've had enough of this fruity synth Uh, music. But even the big guitars back on the scene, it's like, all of you guys also look fruity. (laughs) (laughs) This was a fruity decade. Oh, man. But for such a fruity decade, it's such a homophobic decade. And I'm like, how are we? What's not clicking? You guys are so close. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at Rainbow underscore Studio on OU for more uh, of that, like, dichotomy, breaking that down, and also insulting President Reagan. Let's go! President Reagan, let's go! I'm going to get you! How can the gayest decade have one of the most homophobic presidents that we've ever had? So true. Here's my take. Uh, So I, I would say that the only other kind of brand of music that had the bombast and the fun that 80s music had would have been the mid-2000s club boom. Yes. But, like... Like, Kesha had... Oh, like, yeah. She understood oh my God, Kesha. the assignment. Kesha, you got it! The whole Cannibal album, it's no skip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but brain yes. full of Kesha. Because, like... Britney was the blueprint, obviously, with obviously. Britpop, mm-hmm. because that was just, like, a whole new way to structure songs. Mm-hmm. And then that just kind of birthed the, like, Rihanna's early stuff, Kesha's, yes. like, breakthrough stuff. Lady Gaga, I think, was actually the first artist to, like, release these, like, club songs, mm-hmm. because she, because that's what that TikTok, She understood that the assignment. <laughs> She's like, bus, club, another club, another club. She would just, like, play her songs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then eventually when they were released as singles, they just blew up. It's because they're good. They're good to dance to. They are very, very good. <laughs> it's like when you're listening to the Bee Gees and every single song is like, wow, this is like, I didn't know that they did this one too. And you're just, like, dancing and you can't help it. Why do you think that art pop, uh, Lady Gaga's 2013 album, is being revived right now? Because it, it is ahead genius. Of its, time. it's a genius album. It's, it's really interesting to me that Art Pop is getting a revival right after she dropped Chromatica because I would argue that Chromatica sounds dated. Like, oh, there, hasn't, yeah. there hasn't been enough time. Like, all the cis white gay, yeah, the cis white gays were, like, really into uh-huh. it. And I was like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I listened to it all the way through. Yeah. And I, I really didn't like it all the way through. No, I was, I, I wanted to like it so much because I love Lady Gaga, but it just, it felt dated. And yet Art Pop, 
every gay person I know is listening to Art Pop right now. Yes. So everyone, guys, yes. get on the trend now. <laughs> Be one of <laughs> the early adopters. And even when it's not a trend, you can keep listening to it. Yeah. Because Venus mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's like Mary Jane something. The, yeah, they just uh, all the songs rule. Oh, applause is fun. Like that 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 album got kind of hated on a bit, and it's just like you guys, this album rules. <laughs> well, like, it's good it's because when it went mainstream, like I'm not sorry to keep bashing on straight people, but they just didn't get it. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, you're right. Bash on them. They bash on us. We can bash back, a little fisticuffs, if you will. Like they, like. If you play them G-U-Y, they just, they, it, it doesn't make they sense. Don't. It doesn't, it doesn't click. <laughs> it doesn't click. I'm, I'm sorry to the cishet audience that we may or may not have, but <laughs> there's just some things you're never going to fully understand, and art pop is one of them. Maybe listen to You Need to Calm Down by Taylor Swift before getting into, like, <laughs> actual queer songs. Yeah, yeah. Then talk to us. Start with the <laughs> Ally song. We'll, we'll, we'll get around to it. We'll build it up like muscle. Mm-hmm. You'll get there. And before you know it, you'll be queer yourself. (laughs) Midway through, we'll drop in LGBT by Kepkake. Oh, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Woo! Squidward Nose is a song that could probably kill Prince Philip again. And here we go again with Prince Philip. Squidward Nose is a good song. Like, people only know her for Deep Throat. Yeah, no, Squidward Nose, like, that's where it's at. That's, like, a bop. Yes. (laughs) Like, you can jam to it. I don't think I'd jam to it with my parents in the room, or maybe I would. Uh, two likes, and I'll jam to it with my risky. parents in the room. <laughs> hey, guys. That's a like. Oh, oh, no. I'm liking it, too. That's two oh, likes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I guess you have your weekend plans now. I guess so. Just going to live stream my mom listening to Squidward Nose and being like, what is this? Who was that girl on TikTok that was like, my mom took my door, so I'm going to listen to, like, this song by Lizzo on repeat <gasps> until she gets gives oh, me my door back. Oh my god! Which I, one was it? I don't. I haven't seen that. I'm. I love it though. That's psychological warfare, <laughs> and she's going to win. Like she blasted it. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, oh, I, 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 I definitely think she got that door back. Another icon, Lizzo. <gasps> Lizzo, so true. My roommates don't particularly like her because they think she's annoying. And I was like, why do you think she's annoying? And then they kind of dodge. They don't know what to say. They don't know They don't know how to say she's a fat black woman who's content with her life and says that. Yes. <laughs> you don't know and how to. And that she made banger after banger. Banger after banger. You don't have to like the music, but you got to respect the craft. Now that I brought up Lizzo, I have to bring up the mashup between Somebody to Love by Queen <gasps> and Cause I Love You so true. by Lizzo. So true. You should say that. Everybody stream <laughs> that right now. Because <laughs> oh. Freddie Mercury said that, like, you gotta you gotta continue making art. You gotta continue mm-hmm. making stuff with his mm-hmm. music. He's a legend that'll never die. Exactly. Oh, Freddie, you're a, an absolute boss for that one, bro. I will say this, though. Here's my hot take. I don't like Bohemian Rhapsody at all as a film. Oh, as a film. Yeah. I didn't watch The song? It. Great. The movie? Not so much. I was, I, was, I was about to say, if you don't like the song, like, it shouldn't be your favorite Queen song, but no, it is but very good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely one of the funner songs to sing in the car with the homies. Mm-hmm. Everybody but, knows every word. So, so true. <laughs> I hope they do, at least. No, but the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody as a movie is that when I watched it the first time, I was so blinded by the fact that I was seeing gay representation on the screen that I just immediately assumed it was good, and I just kind of 
went along with that assumption for years. Mm-hmm. And parts of it made me deeply uncomfortable. Like, I didn't actually like it, but I, like, double-thinked myself into liking it because I like Queen songs, I like Queen, mm-hmm. and I like gay rap in my media. And then I saw Rocket Man, the Elton John oh. biopic, and let me tell you, I saw it in the middle of a mania in the middle of summer 2019, and I saw it Ooh. 20 times in theaters. <laughs> like, That's honestly not enough. No, it's not. I've seen that movie over 60 times now because it's like everything that I wanted Bohemian Rhapsody to be. It's like the gay... The, in Bohemian Rhapsody, it almost feels like that the fact that he's gay is why he died. Like, that's truly what it kind of feels yeah, like. That's like. That feels like the moral of the movie. And then you watch Rocket Man, and he's having an absolutely bomb time being just really <laughs> gay. And, and it's like, occasionally it addresses the more serious elements of that, but for the most part, it's a really fun movie. It is queer joy it at is, its finest. It really is. And it's, it, I, when I went and saw it, my grandpa was like, hey, you want to go see the Elton John biopic with me? And I was like, I don't really listen to Elton John music. And this is like, I, it hit me later that all the Elton John songs I knew were from Nomeo and Juliet. So, you know, oh, take that however you will. Don't he have time s- to unpack all of that. He still follows <laughs> Sherlock Gnomes on Twitter. So, you know, take that as you will. But <laughs> I was watching Rocket Man, and the opening scene is him in his big orange campy outfit bursting down a therapy door walking into the room and sitting down in a room full of straight people and just getting right into it and i was like oh no my name's elton hercules john John. (laughs) and i am an alcoholic (laughs) and a drug addict because like bohemian rhapsody was definitely queer content made for straight people no without a doubt i on the dichotomy here's how it goes you've got (laughs) Straight content made for gay people, which is the Winter Soldier. You have... (laughs) So true. I know I'm right. You have straight content made for straight people, which is the Notebook. You have Uh gay content made for straight people, which is Bohemian Rhapsody and Love, Simon. Uh And then you have gay content made for gay people. And that's Rocket Man. And Black Sails, because I'm going to plug it again. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us at Rainbow underscore Studio U for more Black Sails content. Let's go. No, but Rocket Man is a revelation. That was the, I saw that movie and it was so euphoric and I thought it was just the sexuality thing. And then I realized it was a gender thing too. (laughs) I was like, oh no, I have to start dressing like Elton John. (laughs) And the worst experience of my life, and this is a bit of a hyperbole, but it's also not, is I went online and I was like, I have to get some big, ugly sequin platform boots. I need them. And I go trolling around online, and I immediately find, like, ten pairs. None in my size, because I have tiny feet. (laughs) I was like, no, you can't do this to me. I didn't watch Rocket Man 20 times for this. But oh man, oh yeah, I I have written essays on Rocket Man. I've written soliloquies on Rocket Man. We're running out of time. I can't even get into that. But oh. we'll just have to have you back on so in a future true. episode, and we'll just talk we'll just, about Rocket Man. We'll the talk whole about time. Rocket Man for two whole hours, the entire time. We like, can do I've it. only seen it once, but I'm actually really good at retaining 
just like so every I'm gonna give you my Fandango like. password and then you can watch it as many times as you want because I own it on three different mediums now um if you're if you're with the FBI CIA don't listen to this don't, part no we're just but sharing I, is caring comrade I have Hit me up. I'll give it I to you, may too. or may not have a website that I go to for all of my uh, <laughs> illegal movie-watching needs, possibly. We don't know about any of that. Yeah. And it's I'm just, just saying a, this all as a hypothetical. Yeah, no, it's just a, a funny little link that I go to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just and to like, hang of out. Of course, I don't find anything because I The government's don't very the good at taking down such illegal sites. Yes. We never find because anything. we live in a perfect country mm-hmm. where these sites are not tolerated at all. We live in a society, and you definitely did not just wink at me. <laughs> <laughs> Who me? I don't know what you're talking about. I could be saying anything right now. Now I do need to say a disclaimer about black sales because I have hyped it up fairly significantly, and I'm right to do so. There, it, there reaches a point in black sales where every single line of dialogue is like taking you out because it is so artfully written. Like it's, it's, it's genuinely a brilliant show, but it's not structured like any other TV show you're ever going to watch. It's structured like a book. So uh. the first season is also the one that had the most uh, oversight from executives. So it's the most Game of Thronesy season. Mm. But it, the first season is slow. It's a lot of exposition that you don't think is going anywhere, but they use that foundation to absolutely catapult you in season two, (laughs) and it starts running insanely gay, and you, even you, my gay audiences, (laughs) will be straight-baited. You will be blindsided by exactly who is gay. We'll have to have you back on for another so true. episode yeah. because unfortunately we are out of time in the studio. Hey, thanks for but letting me come hang. Uh,